it's very humbling. It's incredibly impactful. It's a reminder of why X Hope exists. And and to be honest, I wish every person who who gave to our organization or who um, has a passion to see kids loved and redeemed could be here to experience it. These kids come in and they are, a lot of times, they're very hesitant to open up. They are uncomfortable. They don't know exactly what it is we're doing or why they're here. And then they walk in and it's new items and there's something about that. There's something about them not getting more hand-me-downs and um, feeling second. What I wanted to talk a little bit more about was um, the local outreach here in Sacramento that XHOPE participates in and mainly initiates, right? Yes. Our local programs here were created to provide immediate relief to at-risk youth. So children who are at risk, who are unsheltered, who are homeless, who are sleeping in cars, or who have been placed in foster care unexpectedly. And so we do that by providing Caring for Kids kits. And those kits include diaper bags with all of the things a mama would need for the first few nights when they bring a baby home from the hospital, backpacks and school supplies, hygiene kits, welcome home kits with bedding and blankets and comfort items. And then additionally, we have our community closet. Our community closet is open through referral process to children who are getting ready to start school or have a special event. They can come in and have a shopping experience. So all of our clothes in our community closet are brand new with tags. Um, We create a safe place for the kids to feel welcomed and loved. And we we take them to the back of our our X-Hope hub and they shop and they get to pick out whatever they want for their first day of school, including shoes and socks and um, an outfit. They get to pick out their backpack and school supplies, and then they they head out of here with dignity, ready to start the first day of school like most kids. You said recently you've had quite a few come through and get backpacks. Is that right? Yeah, so in the last three weeks, we've had 167 kids come in and pick out their new school outfits, their backpacks, their school supplies. So we've we've given a little over $15,000 worth of supplies to children in the last three weeks. In addition, we provide grants for extracurricular activities. So we have been able to help some 15 and 16-year-olds do their driver's training course so that they can get their license and actually go to work. Um, We provide registration for soccer and baseball and a lot of the things that some of these kids really, really want to try, and there's no way for them to pay those registration fees, so we also make that available. What's that like, seeing kids come in and get backpacks and go shopping? And I, I saw recently there were prom dresses up a little bit ago. What's that like for you to see these kids come in and get that and take that? It's very humbling. It's incredibly impactful. It's a reminder of why X Hope exists. And and to be honest, I wish every person who who gave to our organization or who um, has a passion to see kids 
loved and redeemed could be here to experience it. These kids come in and they are, a lot of times, they're very hesitant to open up. They are uncomfortable. They don't know exactly what it is we're doing or why they're here. And then they walk in and it's new items. And there's something about that. There's something about them not getting more hand-me-downs and um, feeling second, always feeling second, just a little bit not enough, right? And they come in and they they see us and our volunteer team greets them and they take them back and they they shop. They A lot of them are shopping for the first time. I mean, we literally have had so many kids say, I have never had a new backpack. One kid said, this is the first new backpack I've ever had and it fits me. I used to carry my grandpa's backpack. And I'm thinking, how old was that backpack, right? Um, you'd be surprised that they feel seen and they know that they are loved. And what is incredible is when they come back, they know where they're going and they are so excited. They are so excited to come to the office. And it doesn't stop there. I mean, the biggest reason we wanted to have a location was so that we could build relationship, so that we could be a safe place for them to show up. And they do. These kids show up. In addition to that, we host outreaches each quarter. So we have a summer bash where we invite all of the children and their families and their guardians and their parents to come and enjoy a night at Wackford Swim Center. Everybody's swimming. We give beach bags. We give sunblock, towels, goggles, pizza dinner, and the families are just having a great time. But you know the cost of you know, a single mom taking six kids to the swim center isn't something that is in the budget. It just really isn't. And so we get to provide outreach events like that where the entire family can be together. Yeah. You'd said that some of the kids in, sometimes they open up, sometimes they don't. Was there any, or are there any um, stories that kind of impact you with any specific kids that come through? Is it just more of just seeing them come in and out as is enough for you. Oh no, there's so many stories. I'll share one. There is a young lady who was sleeping in her car and she had a three-year-old little boy and she's 19, but she had him when she was still in the system. And so she aged out of foster care and she was sleeping in her car and she was she was close to losing custody because she needed to find shelter. And she came in and we were able to give her diapers and some stuff for the, for the little boy, but we also got to pray with her and she wept and cried and we put her in contact with, um, the Alliance and also with another church that partners with us. She started going to that church. She got a part-time job through that community there. And she then applied to work here four months later. And although it didn't work out, having her come in for that interview and tell us what God has done in her life the last four months, all from stopping in here, all from stopping in here and being prayed over and encouraged and connected. See, I think what we don't realize is that all of us, a lot of us have networking opportunities. We know people, right? A lot of these kids that are raised up in the foster system, they don't have networking opportunities. They don't have a village, and that's what we're trying to create here. Yeah, and 
it also seems like we take that for granted. Like, oh, I've got friends. I've got, if, if I was on the down and outs, I could ask someone to come bring me a meal or to do this. But we speak from a place with different circumstance. You know, we, we're not living in the car with a three-year-old. And so the network that we have access to, we take it for granted. I mean, it seems like. Yeah. I think for us, when it became relevant and where we realized, wow, we are so blessed with this community that surrounds us is when we got the call to take Jason. He was six weeks old. He was coming home from the NICU with a feeding tube. We were not prepared for a baby. We didn't have a crib. I didn't even know how to take care of a baby with a feeding tube. I was scared to death, right? And we had people bringing dinners. We had people bringing supplies. His formula at the time was 60 60 bucks a can. And we had zero funding from the county because it was an emergency placement. So for 10 months, we didn't have any support. Had we not had a village surrounding us and a community of people that we could ask for help, we would not have been able to say yes to that placement and our whole lives would be different. And so we realized, wow, there's a lot of other families that probably could say yes if they had this kind of support. And that's really when we launched our diaper bags. That was the first thing we did was our diaper bags. Yeah. To me, it it seems as though this is a church in a, in a sense that church is the way that I've always felt should be involved in the community. And a lot of them are, but I mean, you formally just don't have a preacher every Sunday. But other than that, I mean, you are the hands and feet mm-hmm. of Christ to these people. And as they come and experience it, because you guys are faith-based, it just seems, it just seems right. Yeah, and I'll put it to you this way. Because we're faith-based and we're in the state of California, the government doesn't want to help us. <laughs> They don't. They don't want to have anything to do with us. A lot of uh, the grants that we apply for specifically ask, are you faith-based? Do you pray at your events? Yes, yes, and yes. And our what we want to be at X-Hope is a hub and a catalyst to connect people to the local churches in our area that are loving well. We We cannot exist without church support. All of our funding comes from individual donors, one fundraiser a year called Evening of Hope, and businesses that partner with us, and then the local church. And the local church that partners with us and gives to us so that we continue serving these families, those are where those churches are where we send our families so that they can have pastoral care ongoing. And it's worked really well. But we are For me, when they come here, we are a place of hope. We can evangelize. We can pray. We can ask their needs. And they trust us. They trust us because we are providing immediate relief. They know that we love them. So I'm a local business. I don't know anything about X-Hope. How do you go about educating them, saying, hey, you're a local business. This is what we do. How do you engage a local business to get them to see you as what you do and possibly even have them support you? Most of the local businesses that currently support us, it's from people that we know. And so this is this has been tricky for us, but um, we just had a realty agency. Just They just invited us to come and speak at their staff meeting. And so we spoke, we shared about X-Hope, and they are Um, deciding on a grant to give us. We've had a few 
different businesses host donation drives. So they collect new shoes for us and that helps us fill our community closet or they collect backpacks and school supplies. And they invite me to come and speak and share. And then the staff gets excited and gets involved. And then in addition to that, we we definitely need businesses locally to sponsor our evening of hope that happens once a year in November. And so that is our largest and only fundraiser for the year. Tell me a little bit more about your evening of hope. What is that what is it and, and what do you do? Yeah, so we host our Evening of Hope each year in November. And it's our one fundraiser locally where we desire for the community to come together. We get to gather, have dinner, have a fun time of fellowship, silent auction. It is a fundraiser, but in addition to that, we get the opportunity to share about what we're doing and how it's impacting our community. We also have nominations for the Caring for Kids Awards. And that night, five different community members who have impacted our youth are awarded these certificates and are recognized for being um, mentors to the youth in Elk Grove and Sacramento area. So give me an example of a few that may have received this award. Are they business owners, people in the community? Tell me a little bit more about how they receive that or why they would receive it. Yeah, so the Caring for Kids Awards are given through a nomination process, but it's coaches, it's teachers, it's government officials, it's caseworkers, social workers. And so it's it's people who have made an impact in the lives of the at-risk that they're dealing with on an everyday basis. Okay. Do you have anything else throughout the year locally that you feel has surprised you as far as um, giving to the community or the impact to the community? We have a holiday bash, and so we invite the children and their families to come right before Christmas time, and the kids actually get to pick out their Christmas gifts. And then there's also a table for them to shop and wrap the gifts that they choose to give to their family. And so we're empowering them to be able to give at Christmas time. And that is their most favorite thing to do. And so our holiday bash is done um, the start of December. And we do need sponsors and businesses to partner in that as well. So they do different crafts, different cookie decorating tables, different kinds of activities. And then we have the shopping room with small gifts for their caretakers and their family. And then we have the Santa room where they get to pick out Christmas presents for themselves. Is there something on your mind locally that you feel um, maybe is still untapped? Something that you're really hoping to uh, expand on or create? We would love to create a way for us to have monthly partners for our local program. So this is something that is easy for our international program because people give 50 bucks a month and they know they're sponsoring a student to go to school. And what we would love to to have happen locally is for partners to be able to come and give monthly. $35 gives a diaper bag. $50 gives a backpack and school supplies. And to give that monthly would allow us the opportunity to continue restocking the supplies that are going out as quickly as we're putting them in there. And so I think monthly champions is what we call them. And then in addition, we would love for people that champion our cause financially to also come in and volunteer. 
in addition to these programs, you had mentioned that you wanted to, or that you saw, you envisioned um, something called Hope House. And tell me a little bit more about what that vision entails. A lot of the families that we support are foster parents who do emergency placement. So that means that they have a child come in, they keep the child until a family member is ready, and then they pass that child on to the family member. And during that time, this foster family is taking the child for visits. Well, it's incredibly difficult to schedule these visits because there's not a great location to do it. And so in Sacramento County, they have a couple options. One, they can meet at the courthouse. Most of these kids are traumatized from the courthouse. It's uncomfortable. They don't want to go there. There's nothing to do. Secondly, they can choose to meet at a public place if both if both parties agree. The problem with that is a lot of times it's a park. Well, when it's rainy or the weather doesn't cooperate, then that has to be rescheduled. And so what we would love to do is relocate and we would love to own a house and call it Hope House. And at Hope House, we would still facilitate all of these programs that we currently do, all of our Caring for Kids kits, our extracurricular, our mentoring. But in addition... We would love to set up the house in a way that families can come and do their visits there. They can do game night. They can cook a meal in the kitchen. They can celebrate a birthday party. They can play in the playground out back. And so we create an environment where we can show them and lead them in ways where they can fellowship in a fun and safe way with their family. 